East Coast Creepin' contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Good day, and welcome to our podcast, East Coast Creepin'. I'm Linda. I'm Lorraine. And I'm Leslie. We're three sisters from the Baltimore, Maryland area. Each week, Leslie will give her reaction to the true crime and paranormal stories that Lorraine and I tell from up and down the East Coast. As a reminder, we do not have a background in criminal justice, criminal investigation, medicine, or psychology. This is all for informative purposes. Salutations. I think there's something wrong with my eyes. No. Well, I mean, you do wear glasses. Your no, lazy eye? No, like just in general. Because like there's sometimes where I'm like looking at things. Like I was looking at the... We knew this. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at the menu for like walk in, walk out, right? And then it looked like it was 3D. And I was just like... Maybe it was. I kept like blinking. That's, and then like that's all that terrestrial. That's all that practice we had when we were younger. I know. And I feel like that was it. Because I was like, am I crossing my eyes by accident? And I'm just like blinking. And I'm like... <laughs> Your eyes are just... <laughs> auto-tuned to do that now. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I know. I do that sometimes, too. Like, if I'm watching TV, mm-hmm. there's, like, certain scenes in, like, some movies, like, I, I don't know which ones it is, but, like, my eyes will do it, and it'll just automatically do it, and then it looks 3D for, like, a couple seconds, and then I'm like, oh? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's been tripping me out, because, like, just staring at, like, my playbills, I'm like, blinking because freaking anastasia is all 3d and i'm just like stop it stop it i could see it doing that <laughs> yeah say, all of them definitely have that color contrast that you could do that yeah. though <sighs> like the okay depth and all that stuff let me see, like stop that me. no that too i don't want to look at it anyway <laughs> where are we going les oh shit oh I meant to, I don't know. I got to buy you more Nerf bullets. Welcome to episode 63. This is Lorraine's week. And it is. It is. <laughs> oh, well, I, I was going to say, it is my I week. I say that we're going to go new New England states again because that's been your thing. Ah, Yeah, more specifically Massachusetts. Oh, I hit New Hampshire, so I was good. I was you close. hit Maine. Nope. I wasn't watching. Top of New Hampshire. Okay, fine, whatever. Yes, we are going back to the New England states because instead of doing like five episodes in a row taking over Linda's weeks, I'm breaking mine down into my weeks. You good. Wait, I don't understand. What? Her puckwudgies and her... My Wendigo and all of my stuff have been from that area because we're leading up to one big shenanigans. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you not remember this? But this is what... The third one that you've talked about? Uh Uh-huh, because we did Wendigos and Puckwudgies, and and now we're here. Okay. Now we're here. And now we're here. I think I have one or two more episodes of this. Because, like, this week I'm technically doing kind of two things in one, because the one's pretty big, the other one's a little small, but I wanted it to have its own thing. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I didn't just want to like skim over it. But anyway. Wait, is this cryptozoology? Is that what we decided this mm-hmm. was? Yes. Okay. I have one for you. I was going to do it, but I'm like, this is kind of Lorraine's thing. So I, I was going to like send it over to you. But I wanted to see what you had first and then hand it over. 
if that makes sense. Okay, just send it to me because I got a long list of things. Uh, never mind. I'm going to say something. Anyway. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> I'm building a sneeze up. Listen, you guys, I know. It's like really like messed up. Right Leslie now. has sinuses. We all have sinuses, but her <laughs> sinuses are stuffy. <laughs> Mine are bad right now. <laughs> Probably those uh, horses that you were attacking this weekend, this past week. You didn't get to Did you go them. to Assateague? Yes, for the first time in my life. <gasps> I've never been. Oh, I I've never to been it. either. It was fun. We sat on the bayside. Uh-huh. And the water, seriously, you could like walk out. Yeah. Out, out. The water is probably like a, not even a foot deep. All the baby sharks. What? Yeah. Yeah. I did not see any of those. I saw jellyfish, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I walked away. Listen. I was screaming. I was like, nobody come over here. <laughs> I have to tell you, out of all the places that my parents have taken us, like, this, that not being one of them really surprises me. Especially with how much mom loves horses. And how I often saw we eight horses, and it was when we were leaving, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have there's down in the Outer Banks. There's supposed to be like a horse, a horse, uh, yeah, 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 island as Sanctuary? well. No, like an island, like a wild horse island sort of thing. So I'm considering next it. time we go down, we can stay in Chinkatigue. Yes, I want to oh. go. Jonathan's mom says Chiki Chiki I don't remember. Tessa, tell me how to say it. Jonathan's out there, but he's probably playing some video games. Anyway, so today we are going to Massachusetts, uh, like we already know, but we are specifically going to Hockamock Swamp. Hockawa? H-O-C-K-O-M-O-C-K. Hold on, someone spell that back to me. Did I do that right? H-O- There's no A's. H-O-C-K-O-M-O-C-K. Yes. Hawk-O-Mock. <laughs> Hawk-O-Mock. But that's how they say it. They say Hawk-O-Mock. Hawk-O-Hawk-O. Massachusetts. Yes. Okay. I didn't realize there were swamps up there. Is it an actual swamp? Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's a swamp. Like, I, I've watched, like, videos on it, and every... Is it closer to the coast, or...? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but it it reminds me of the the swamp water benders from the Avatar. Whenever I watch it, but it's it's most definitely a swamp. So there is a lot of history behind this swamp, but it's also creepy things that happen in this swamp too. So be prepared. Prepare yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a quote about the swamp itself. Uh, someone said I don't remember their first name anyway they said it's a thing it's not a location it's not a random place on a map it's a living breathing thing that has a hunger and a dark side to it the that's kind of gross the swamp oh jeez I don't like that <laughs> is this is where all the pukwudgies are bred uh, they do actually so we'll get to it we're getting there we're getting we're that's how i feel about this like (laughs) so hakamak swamp is sixteen thousand nine hundred and fifty acres oh wow it is considered the largest freshwater swamp in the state of massachusetts Hmm. (laughs) i'm so excited (laughs) what this is exciting 
During the 17th century, Hockamock Swamp was used as a fortress by the Wampanoags. It was really, it was really used by all the tribes because, as like I said before, the Wampanoag people were like the main over arching umbrella right and then they had the smaller tribes within that so a lot of them used it as protection for when the english settlers came in because actually one of those tribes was the ones from the whole plymouth rock thanksgiving settlers helping them thing what thanksgiving settlers (laughs) what the fuck are those the pilgrims I'm just sitting here like, yeah, this I couldn't, good. I couldn't. I'm writing it down. <laughs> like, I just, like, like. Unfortunately, Linda was the one that gave me the evil eye about that. Like, the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> okay, sorry. Oh, my God. I can't. I fucking can't. <laughs> Me, I'm just going, I'm still on vacation mode. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not listening to anything that you're really saying. I'm just going to keep on keeping on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it wasn't okay to Linda, apparently. So <laughs> the big role that this swamp played was <laughs> covering your face i'm gonna i have to put this down in my notes before i forget this what okay no just continue anyway the the thanksgiving people (laughs) anyway so medicom was the head chief of the oh my god the wampanoags the yes but more specifically the algonquin people and his father was the one who made that treaty with the pilgrims. But as time went on and his father passed away, they were basically breaking all the promises that they made, like the settlers, settlers, settlers. English is not my language today. So they were breaking a lot of their promises, and he was kind of like, I am fed up with this. Like, they are not keeping to the treaty that we made, and this is driving me insane. So... Curse swamp. Not yet. Oh, it didn't happen yet. So they call it King Philip's War because Medicom or Medi- his name is Medicom. It's M E T A C O M. So phonetically, yeah. <laughs> or uh, some places have E T at the end. But they call him King Philip because the settlers, that's what they called him. They called him King Philip. So King Philip is Medicom. Yes. So King Philip's war was a huge war between the, oh my God, my brain is not working today. The Wampanoag. Yes. Like (laughs) the Wampanoag people and the settlers from June 20th, 1675 to April 12th, 1678. Oh, wow. Okay. Wait. Oh, say that one more time. From June 20th, 1675 to April 12th, Almost 1678. Okay. And it is actually, it's <sighs> ratio wise, it is the bloodiest conflict on American soil because, like, 
the Civil War is technically what everyone considers the bloodiest conflict, but yeah. ratio wise, it's this people okay. to people. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. 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 Are you, you ready? Look at the grand scheme of things. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. So he became Medicom became the tribal chief in 1662. So this is how quickly that war happened after he became the chief because he was so pissed off about the alliance and the colonist and all of their violations and he was just like no i'm done i'm over it and people from his tribe were being attacked like colonists would be going out and they would be attacking like little patches of like not even a village it's like they called it like a homestead because it would be like maybe one or two families out there like doing whatever they do, just like foraging, hunting, whatever. And they have like their little setup and they would be attacked and killed and their things would be burned down. So he was just like, nope, I'm so done with this. I can't do this anymore. So he actually got his tribe to start a war with them. But then because they're the, so he's Algonquin, but because the Wampanoag people are like all of the tribes, like the one tribe that I could never remember the name. <laughs> so loud, so for <laughs> me, yeah. because I get excited because the one tribe where I'm like, I can never remember the name. It's the Ojibwe tribe. Ojibwe. Okay. That was the one tribe I can never remember their name. I'm like, I know what starts with that now. So it's the Ojibwe tribe. And they were like, heck yeah, we sneaking in here and helping you. So it's just like a whole bunch of the tribes in the area were helping them fight the colonists. Anyway, so I don't know how to say the word. So there's a one tribe within the Wampanoag people that remained neutral throughout the entire war. They were just like, no, 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 no. We're not doing that. But they had they had a relationship with some of the colonists, which was why they were like, you know, nothing has happened to us specifically, so we're going to stay neutral. And Switzerland. Yes, but no, because <laughs> <laughs> like just kind of like these, they didn't actually remain neutral. So whenever people say that, I just go, anyway, <laughs> we'll get to that later. I'll tell you about that one. <laughs> anyway, so I don't care enough. Exactly. <laughs> and so, no, no, because this one time, this is so off topic. Jonathan was like in this little like war game group. And the guy was like, I'm just going to be over here and be Switzerland and may remain neutral and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's not even actually a thing. And then Jonathan was like, yeah, you text him through my phone. And I was like, blah, blah, blah. And then Jonathan was like, uh. oh, my and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so. They remained, quote unquote, neutral because they didn't directly fight, but they actually went and sheltered a lot of the Wampanoag fighters and their families, like the elders, the children, the wives. They started protecting them. And in October of 1675, they signed a treaty. It's the Treaty of Neutrality with the Massachusetts Bay Colony. And even though they signed this treaty, they were like, no, we still don't trust y'all. And for good reasons. Because on November 2nd of that same year, the Plymouth Colony governor, Josiah Winslow, led a force of militia to the tribe who were hiding all of the women and children (gasps) and wiped them out. They found them and they burned the towns and they basically abandoned the 
people like in there and anyone who got out at that point everything was like snow frozen over everything so the people who were able to get out of there went into a fort that they had in the swamp but at this point it was so cold that the whole entire fort was basically frozen Mm -hmm. so they had to like go into hakamak swamp and just like ride it out in there wow but because they're in there and it's not making it they said that it freezing over made it easier for the colonists to traverse through the swamp because they didn't have to go through like the mucky and waters and everything so they're like we're gonna find you and they're like no 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 so they were found the colonial forces found the fort on december 19th 1675 and they attacked with the combined forces of plymouth Massachusetts and the Connecticut militia, which numbered about a thousand men, including 50 or so native allies. And they ended up killing over 600 Native Americans in that. And they also burned the fort that occupied five acres and destroyed most of the tribe's winter stores as far as like food clothing, all Mm -hmm. that stuff. So basically they killed everyone that was in there. That's crazy. This is after they signed a neutrality treaty. (laughs) FYI. So this is Massachusetts, Plymouth. And Connecticut. And then 50 from allying tribes. So they use a lot of the swamp just for, I can't think of the word, like sheltering because as as they found that, I guess, little, what is that thing called? A bunker? A fort. <laughs> I've said the word like five <laughs> times already. As they found that fort and they burned it down and everything, they would move further into the swamp because they would only go as far as they needed to. But as things kept happening, they would go further and further into the swamp. And they would hold counterattacks. They ended up amassing an army of 12,000 Native Americans. So they were like battling back and forth, but they also would push back just to kind of try and get away. They actually were defeated. The Native Americans were defeated in April of 1676 when their queen was drowned attempting to cross a river to get away. So one of the big legends behind this entire Hockamock Swamp is that Medicom had, it's called Medicom's Belt. And it's like a religious, not a religious, it's a, uh, I guess technically religious. Is that the word? It's like a religious symbol. Like they would pass it a down relic. from a belt. Like they would pass it yeah, down from like chief a, to like chief. A relic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, the headphones, I could hear you, but I can't hear you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> But anyway, so like they they would pass the belt down and it was just like a sacred a sacred tribal treasure that they would pass from chief to chief. And during these wars and like all the battles, Medicom actually ended up losing the belt when he was like right before he was killed. And it was so this was not something that was his. It was passed down before Mm -hmm. him. Yeah. Okay. So it's like generational. So it's like it's something that would protect his tribe and the tribes surrounding him. Mm-hmm. So it was lost. It's still lost. And because it was lost, he like cursed the land 
like it put a curse on the land and they're pretty sure it's lost somewhere in the swamp so aside from like all of the bloodshed that happened in that swamp to the native american people and then him losing that relic they're pretty sure it was more stolen versus like lost considering what was going on at the time yeah but if it was stolen somebody would have found it sometime you think they took like you know how pieces? when you hide something from yourself but you hide it so good you never know where you left it <laughs> i do that like, every day so. i do that a lot <laughs> i guess so. <laughs> so because the belt was lost and then they also had Hakamak, the the name of it it's an algonquin term which means the place where the spirits dwell so even before all of this happened, they knew that the swamp itself held spirits, whether it be evil, good. It was just the land where the spirits were. Mm-hmm. Like it was what harbored everything. So they already knew that it had that energy in there. And they also used that place for sacred burial grounds as well. Okay. So it was like, this is our sacred area. And then you're going to come in here with your non-treaty abiding behinds <laughs> and mess up our sacred area. Oh, I'm not even. There is a spirit in this swamp. So the Hakamok is occasionally referred to as Hobomok, which is H-O-B-O-M-O-C-K. These are the spirits that live in Hakamok? It's the one spirit. And the Wampanoag worshipped and feared him. Well, them, because I don't know. I'm assuming it's a gender neutral swamp spirit. (laughs) And it is the chief deity of death and disease. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And they were composed of human souls of the dead and was known to congregate in areas like the swamp. All of the spirits would go into the swamp and he would just be like, and then boom, he got bigger. They got bigger. The spirit That's is all freaky. Well, I mean, yeah. But... I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> so the term Hakamok and Hobamok, they're interchangeable. Like they use them back and forth between the deity or the swamp. So you'll hear it either way. So that's really like the basis behind like the swamp. Okay. Because there's two parts to this episode. There's the swamp part of the episode. Because the one thing that I really wanted to talk about, it's not, there's not a lot of like stories. This is really good. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh my God. There's not a lot of stories. I mean, there is one story, but I have sort of, anyway, we're getting there. (laughs) But so it's not as big as far as like lore because it's pretty straightforward and not a lot of people like mix this shit up, if that makes sense. Like, you know how like when I did, what the heck was that one? (gasps) The Wendigo, how everyone's like, it looks like this, but it looks like this, but it looks like, nah, this one is like, "Mm." this is what he is. This is what he does. Did, does, do's. This is what it is. <laughs> like, like, like the more you get into this, like I know this story. Why? Because <laughs> I don't know. I talk about these things a lot on the side of my life, but no one listens to me, so I'm pretty sure I just talk to myself. <laughs> I don't know. So, what do you, what cryptid do you think we're going to be talking about now that we're talking about the Hakamak Swamp, Leslie? 
We talked about Swamp Man. No. Yeti. No. Uh, Bigfoot is in these swamps. No. What? Old Greg. Ah! You know what the crazy thing is? Never mind. I'm going to do that as a story. But anyway. I lost my money. Okay, it doesn't matter. So it she does matter. digs in her bra. For that, her no, this is a pocket. Oh. <laughs> I thought she did the same thing, but then I realized when she let it go, it was a pocket on her shirt. <laughs> it's a uh, breast pocket. No, so mermaids. Oh. Sirens? Sirens and mermaids. I've assumed that was it. Now, today. We are talking about Thunderbirds. 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 Mm. You ever don't make that face, <laughs> Linda. She's over here like the car. <laughs> now that she knows what a car is. <laughs> Listen, never mind. You know what? I'm gonna say it anyway because I love you, Uncle. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there reading yesterday at my mom's house and we're talking about, I well, honestly, I just remember we're talking about the book that I was reading and then I said something and Uncle Beep. looks at me and goes, but were books invented back then? I was sitting there. I was sitting there. I go. I totally missed that. I go. And just look at it. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember that because then I was like, I said something about they were probably just loose sheets of paper put into like a stack together. Yes. And then I was like, or a scroll. And then dad was saying something about uh, scrolls and the plants that they use. And him and Uncle Beep were sitting there like trying to figure out what kind of scroll it was. And I was like, papyrus. Yeah. A papyrus and scroll. Was like, and they were like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Scrolls, scrolls and parchment were not books, so no, they weren't. (laughs) (laughs) So mad. (laughs) Anyway. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So, (laughs) Thunderbirds are you've actually seen depictions of them because when you look at totem poles and those mm-hmm. big birds they have yeah. on the totem that's thunderbird okay that's their representation of a thunderbird depending on which tribe uh you come from your obviously representation of a thunderbird looks a little bit different mm-hmm. like everyone's symbol is a little bit different but we're going to be talking about the wampanoags wait is this all leading up to totem poles <laughs> no and <they> have- <laughs> It would be nice. Anyway, continue. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because you see the Pukwudgie on a totem pole. You don't exactly. know until you know. <laughs> it's, it's little. It's under underneath of the... I was, they're on the top. I was going to say that. They're probably on the top sitting on it. Like, <laughs> you want to? <laughs> or like how they have the little things like engraved in them, like the little designs and stuff. Boom. Pukwudgie. Okay, brother bear. Oh. That movie made me cry so Honestly, hard. Honestly, I haven't actually watched all don't, of it. Don't. I don't want to. You will cry and cry and cry and cry. Anyway. Absolutely not. So, according to Native American myths, mm-hmm. a giant thunderbird could shoot lightnings from its eyes, and its wings were so enormous that when it would fly, it sounded like thunder. 
Mm-hmm. <gasps> yep. Now I have a cooler story to tell kids when the thunder's going on. As a thunderbird. Please, please. Yes. No. Cool. And then. No. And, and so they're. <laughs> Look, just stick to my mom's angels playing b- bowling. Okay. Because that seems yeah. to calm the one down pretty much. But the, the other ones, bitty. I feel like this would be a cool one for the other ones. <laughs> the itty bitty likes the angels one. Mm-hmm. Is it the angels? Yes. Yes, it is. Are they taking pictures? Yes. They're taking pictures while they're bowling. (laughs) (laughs) Back to the seat. I'm like, oh, God. (laughs) So the Thunderbird is also a legendary creature that in certain indigenous tribes, they considered it a strength, uh, a strength. Oh, my God. This is me beating myself because I can't English today. (laughs) It's considered a supernatural being of power and strength. So to some people, it represented that. And to other tribes, it was more like they would tell stories of how the Thunderbird would fly over. And that's when the storms would come through because Mm -hmm. it was so big that the water would fall off of its back. Oh, and I like that one. Yeah. The water would fall off its back. And then, of course, it's flying. It's wings making a loud noise. Thunder. And he could shoot lightning from his eyes. Pew, pew. (laughs) (laughs) I like this bird. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. (laughs) I don't care what it does to people. I still like it. They oh, no, I deserved it. <laughs> I think it's he cool. cool. Friends with Havamok? Uh, he has to be, doesn't he? We're getting there. They did not like each other. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily that. So his like Thunderbird stories, literally all indigenous tribes had Thunderbird stories. So it was down in the Southwest because one of like the biggest quote-unquote encounters happens in like the Arizona area which I am going to talk about even though that's not east coast but it was kind of it was weird but it was cool but it was weird whatever and then they talk about it in Alaska they talk about it in the tribes in Canada there's tribes in Mexico like and then so it's a real thing that's what we're saying yeah from what I have gathered 70% of most recent sightings have happened in Pennsylvania where have we been? Not in PA. I'm going to say when we but go to the where outlets. In, where in Pennsylvania, though? All over Pennsylvania. I literally mapped this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> I went through all the sightings and I did like map quests. And you know how you can like add a stop, add a stop, add yes, a stop. I was just like, I was, like, <laughs> I was like, it's everywhere. <laughs> it's oh literally everywhere. It Why was, would you not just print out a map of Pennsylvania and put like pins? Because I don't have easier. a printer and I'm on my computer. Okay, fine. <laughs> but I would if I, you know what? I'm about to start one of those string maps on that wall behind if Linda. If you had a tablet, you could do the same thing. No, 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 no. Because I, I had a touchscreen laptop and then I would just go nuts. Anyway. TikTok all day. <laughs> <laughs> so Thunderbird is a term used in cryptozoology to describe large bird-like creatures. And they are generally identified with the Native American Thunderbirds. But a lot of people 
we'll see just a huge bird and they're like it's a thunderbird and then cryptozoologists are like that's a condor oh i was gonna say our albatross yes <laughs> they're just like <laughs> fair fair from here to there <laughs> <laughs> yes. so there is one story this kind of made me sad because this is my favorite mammal but anyway the thunderbird's favorite prey is a killer whale Oh, like he is so big that he can dig his talons into a full grown killer whale and take it to his nest to feed it to its babies. Good. No, I love you killer whales. Big, you know how big that nest must be? Yeah. Holy moly. You want to know why? Because they eat great white sharks. They eat everything. Yeah, they, they eat do. The whales. They eat other whales. And yeah. So then they deserve that. They also eat moose. Okay, so then. That's because moose are stupid and they can dive into the water and then all of a sudden they're like, when they, <laughs> when they see a killer whale. <laughs> nah, man, there's these two jackasses that keep going around killing the sharks. Fight. Oh, are you talking about my babies? I don't know. She's talking about my babies. She don't know their names, so I would just leave it on the It's tea. like... Mimi and Mumu or something like that. <laughs> it ain't no Mimi and Mumu. But oh, well, so what are their names? It starts with a C. I was falling no. asleep last night watching them. They're the, the Shark ones. Week episode? Mm-hmm. And they have the curved dorsal fins. Yeah, it's like Mimi and Mumu. Mm-hmm. Hold on. I gotta... It's gonna bug me now. But won't that be that they were in captivity at one point since they have the curved dorsal fins? Uh, not necessarily because oh. some of them do have that. But it's more of They're like the... They're just depressed. Like... Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's no, probably literally. why they're going around having fun. They literally go and kill things for fun. Like, they don't eat them. They just kill them for fun. And so... But isn't that more of like a youngling kind of thing? They're not. To do? They're not. They're not. No. I'm telling you, they're jackasses. They literally, like, because in... So they're just, like, a jackass. serial killer. Yes, 100%. <laughs> okay, and the thing is, they don't 100%. even... They don't even, like eat because like sometimes like if the killer the killer whales like if it's a full pod but this is only just two it's mm-hmm. not a full pod yeah these two just go kill them eat their liver specifically just yeah. the fucking liver and go on with their day yeah in breeding grounds and stuff like that of That's the so sharks uh-huh. like nesting areas and breeding grounds the sharks have been missing for like i think they said three to four years because of the fact that these killer whales have been going around in these areas and so the sharks the, uh, just go out into the deep they're tracking the killer whales um whatever get on with the thunderbirds sorry, <laughs> sorry. no they technically talk about killer whales on a different episode <laughs> technically <laughs> this is a side series that's going to be going on i soon. know right <laughs> Technically, I oh, they are tracking them, but they're easy to point out because it's only the two and with their port, dwarf. port and starboard. I starboard. I told you it was Mimi and Mumu. <laughs> <laughs> port and starboard. Okay. Yeah, I knew it was like something ship related. I was going to say she said it started with a C. Yeah, because I was thinking cabin. <laughs> Like cabin and captain or cabin and crew or something. But anyway. Sorry. Yeah, I might be chiefs. So if if she actually cuts this out, maybe we could put that on the Patreon. <laughs> be like, oh my God, the killer whales cut. <laughs> there are many stories that claim Thunderbird's favorite preys are killer whales. And they also, some tribes describe them as monstrous 
they are monstrous birds and vengeful hunters. And sometimes they are prone to grabbing children in their talons and carrying them away to their nest to feed to their babies. What if they only need like two talons? And be like, oh, look at this little light snack. (laughs) (laughs) I know, that's like what I was thinking. And then. Whale and child are not the same size. I feel. With like a freaking Saint Bernard. (laughs) This is literally going back to the whole do coconuts migrate? (laughs) Okay, bananas. Yes. (laughs) But no, like, so what I took it as is like, Mommy Thunderbird is snatching up the killer whales. Baby Thunderbird is like, oh, look at this thing. I'm going to grab it. Okay. So that's kind of how like I took it, especially from like the stories we're getting there of like size differences. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh no, no, no. That was the two year old that came after your ass. <laughs> like, I was like, that wasn't that wasn't the mom. So Do they say how big they think the eggs are? The eggs? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's all that matters. You don't have to talk about it right now. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> so specifically Algonquin mythology, they say that the Thunderbird controls the upper world. Okay? Like here? Yeah, we're getting there. Okay. So like the upper world. Okay. Well, the underworld is controlled by, it's an underwater panther or the great horned serpent. That one so, I know. So it's one or the other. That controls the underworld. And the Thunderbird creates not just the thunder by flapping its wings. It does have the lightning bolts, which the reason why it's casting lightning. So you might not want to tell this part of the story to the children. So the reason why it's casting lightning and flying and everything is because it's attacking the creatures of the underworld that are trying to come up. So it's shooting lightning at the creatures. That's pretty badass. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the Thunderbird is traditionally. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but why was I thinking that? (laughs) So. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So the Thunderbird is traditionally depicted as don't laugh anyone. Because I said in my head, this is not going to go over well with my sisters. The Thunderbird is in this tradition, maybe depicted as spread eagled bird. (laughs) I knew it. So its wings are its wings horizontal head in a profile. So its wings are open, and its head is to the side. Yeah, like in the totem pole. Yes, thank you. Spread eagle totem pole. But it's also quite wings when she said it. So, but it's also commonly seen with its head facing forward. Uh, so then it kind of has like an X look to it when like the depictions. I have pictures. Y'all can look at them later. So like his legs are spread and his things his like. Wings. Like, no. You, the legs said are not. Picture. Don't, she said X. Yeah. How are you going to make an X with a That's a V. Huh? What? You ever seen bird wings? They like cute. Linda, think about when you that's pull. That's a W. Let's, let's I'll show you the picture. Let's later. ask somebody about chicken tails. <laughs> you know, I was laughing so hard yesterday. Or it might have been no, no, no. Friday when I took your children 
out to go eat and all that stuff uh-huh. when we were running around the world. One of them said something about birds, and then I thought about bird legs oh, and muscles. God. Shut up. And I was I like, <laughs> And I was just laughing by myself, and Jonathan and your two children were just staring at me like, what is wrong with her? I was like, nothing. Sugar rush. <laughs> Sugar rush. Did you see those ginormous cookies that we ate? I have no idea. Crumble probably, cookie? Probably not. Anyway. Because that was, that was during work, so most likely no. It was, yeah, probably. Anyway. So Ojibwe versions of this myth state that Thunderbirds were created for the purpose of fighting underwater spirits, which is technically still the underworld, because that's how they thought of the underworld. And they were also used to punish humans who broke moral rules. Mm. Mm-hmm. And th- why are you pointing at me? You break moral rules. When? All the time. Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so Thunderbirds lived in the four directions north, south, east, west? Yes. Okay. But like in the furthermost. But obviously they thought like there was ends to this, like the world wasn't globe. You know what I'm saying? It's not. Anyway, Linda. (laughs) And that the other birds would arrive in the springtime and in the fall. (laughs) I knew where this was going. Yeah, I know. I'm not. That's why I just kept going with my life. And then in the fall, they migrated south or to their respective corners. Yes. During the winter, the spirits from the underworld weren't trying to come out. So then it was all like peaceful time. Because it's cold outside. Yes. So, ta-da. But that's, like, the mythology behind the Thunderbirds. Oh, they also said that, like, they helped with crops. And some place, some tribes, if you needed help during, like, times of famine or drought and things like that, they would, when they would do, like, the rain dances or any of their chanting, it was actually the Thunderbird that would come and it would rain and, and or lead them to fertile areas to either get the food that they needed or plant the food that they needed. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Thunderbirds. Corn. Ain't nobody like corn. Anyway. Cool? We are going to get into sightings. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. 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 A gigantic bird was sighted in Alaska January 2018. Oh. Mm-hmm. A woman was driving home and this is literally just like, and she was like freaking out because there was this bird. Bird is not even, she said the bird was probably about 15, 20 feet above her. And its wingspan was wider than the road that she was on. Baby bird. Yeah, it was like a two lane road. So I'm going for baby bird. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because that's one corner of the world. Pennsylvania, May 26th. 2013 two friends were walking through the woods near Bryn Athen Castle and they were startled by something extraordinary one of them said it was extremely loud and I glanced up and I saw this huge black bird it was sitting above us we seemed to have startled it it flew about a hundred feet to a nearby branch its wingspan was at least 10 feet and by judging from how far it was it looked a be about four feet tall from where it was sitting on the branch that's a big bird bird. yeah it is i don't know man (laughs) it's because you can't picture four feet of a tall bird i'm about to give you some terminology you will understand linda no i'm just saying it'll make sense to you in a second (laughs) 
On the evening of September 25th, 2001, a 19-year-old claimed to see an enormous winged creature flying above Route 119 in South Greenberg's Pen- Green- Greensburg, Pennsylvania. The witness's attention was drawn to the sky by the sound that resembled flags flapping in a thunderstorm. Looking up, the witness saw what appeared to be a bird with the wingspan of over 15 feet and his head was about three feet long. The head was three the feet long? The head was three feet long. Jeez. I'm assuming that's including the beak? Yeah. <laughs> In South Greensburg, witnesses told researcher Den Smitzel that the huge bird was black or grayish brown. He passed overhead about 50 to 60 feet. And I wouldn't say its wings were flapping gracefully, but almost horrifically flapping its wings very slowly, gliding above the passing big rig trucks that it was almost the same size of. Fuck that. <laughs> ah, it's crazy. The witnesses, the witnesses observed the creature for over 90 seconds, even seeing it land on some branches of dead trees, which nearly broke under its weight. So he had to move to another tree. Unfortunately, no other witnesses saw the bird on this day, and no tangible evidence was found of the bird after he left the site. That's a big bird. Yeah, if its body is the size of a tractor trailer. Mm-hmm. That's uh, on June 13th of 2001, a resident of Greenville, Pennsylvania, was startled by the giant size of two black creatures <laughs> seen soaring overhead. First, he thought it was an airplane. An airplane, people. <laughs> Planes are big. Or an ultralight aircraft. And the witness observed the two birds for at least 20 minutes, clearly seeing they were fully feathered bodies and confidently estimating the wingspans to be about 15 feet and the body length five feet. That's the- not a tractor trailer, but. Yeah. That's a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> This bird and the other perched on two separate trees for about 15 minutes. But did the trees bend? (laughs) I don't know. He didn't say. Okay. And a neighbor to the witness also claimed to have seen the creatures the next day saying they were the biggest birds I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Huge bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And there have been similar sightings in Pennsylvania that the wingspan at least 12 feet wide... But a lot of people are saying that maybe it was an albatross or a condor accidentally getting into that area. Accidentally? He because the California, the Californian condors hang out in like California and Arizona. So they're like, maybe they came too far. So that's what everyone's saying. I'm like, how many of them birds going to come over here for like 20 fucking years? Everybody just, ooh. Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> or that they were like some exotic pet that people like let out and things like that what what War- warner brothers cartoon was it that they like had the map out and then they're like oh wait never mind it was rescuers down under no bugs bunny oh when he would always pop up out of the hole and be like i should have taken a um oh a, yeah yeah a left turn or something like that back in wherever <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. He ends up like completely somewhere else. Why is it so green out here? <laughs> yeah. It just gets greener and greener. <laughs> oh shit, there's a swamp. <laughs> so, and then there's also 
there's been sightings in like Illinois in like the 1970s. There were sightings that apparently a thunderbird attacked two full-grown men. So are these are are they blackbirds? Because usually when they're de- like depicted on like uh, so some depictions have brown? on a totem pole. No, like a lot of totem poles will either have them red or black. I was going to say they're like red and then mm-hmm. like the colorful wings and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're Yay. only brown to you because you haven't seen them at their full glory. Because they're babies. Oh. oh, it's like a phoenix. Totem pole. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> I went wrong there. <laughs> so a lot of people. Okay, there's one story. Hold on. I'm trying to find it. Yes, I'm touching you, Linda. For some reason, I didn't freaking save this story, which is stupid because this is the one that I wanted to talk about. Zapdos is based off the Thunderbird. Hey. Oh. I'm sitting here like, what is a Zapdos? It sounds like a soap He's bar. He is a lightning Pokemon. bird. <laughs> it's electric. <laughs> so is Hobomok part of the underworld? So you never went into that. So and, and the Thunderbird. So they, he collects the souls. Right. And so they believe that so they kind of work it. hand in hand, sort of, mm-hmm. because the Thunderbird keeps the souls down. Like if any creatures or anything like that tries to get out, he's going to shoot them with the lightning and everything and keep them down. Mm-hmm. So he, they kind of like work hand in hand, but... He's more upper world and the other one's more underworld. Right. Not necessarily. It's almost kind of like a Hades thing, but like a gatekeeper okay. sort of thing. Hades so is like, not a gatekeeper. Yeah, I know. Hades is the king. But like something like that. Okay. Aha! Okay. <laughs> you woke me up. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> This is like the craziest quote unquote modernish story of Lay Thunderbird. Y'all ready? Because mm-hmm. I wasn't the first time I heard this. Oh, oh God. my God. <laughs> there is a story that on April, in April 1890, two cowboys in Arizona killed a giant bird like creature with an enormous wingspan. It is said to have smooth skin. Wait, what year was this? 1890. Okay. There is also a picture, and I will show it to you. Don't worry. We're getting there. It was said to have had smooth skin, featherless wings like a bat, and a face that resembled an alligator. The description had some similarity to the similarity to prehistoric pterodactyls or pterodons, and the dis- yeah. And the animal who we all know, they're all extinct. They're not real. So what the heck? Supposedly, they had dragged the carcass back into town, pinned its wings outstretched across a barn, and took a picture of the event. And this picture was published in a local newspaper called the Tombstone Epitaph. <laughs> there is also accounts of this story with the events taking place in the state of texas in another local newspaper but in may of 1963 an issue of saga magazine 
the writer was Jack Pearl. He recounted the story about the tombstone Thunderbird because that's what they called it, along with large bird sightings that had been happening at the same time in the 60s and 70s. Well, I guess the 60s because the 70s hadn't happened yet. He published a photograph of this ginormous bird nailed to the wall. And like uh, they had a whole bunch of different stories going on at the time that the whole reason that they found this large bird was because the bird was stealing cattle from the ranches in Arizona. Mm -hmm. So the two cowboys were like, no, man, we can't let this happen. But I'm like, yeah. You as a cowboy in Arizona in 1890, you just out there gunslinging a Thunderbird. 100%? (laughs) No! Why would you not? (laughs) No! Because I'm just like, how is your little tiny rinky-dink gun going to take down a Thunderbird? Yes. You shoot it enough times. I don't know. Click, click, boom. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was going to say something, but that was very much spoiler alert. Even though anybody... Who's a Stranger Things fan should have watched it by now. I haven't. Blink, blink, blink. <laughs> I got something in my eye. I'm pretty sure I still I got sand in my eye. <laughs> I don't like you. <laughs> but I don't want to touch them because I got Vicks all over my hands. Oh, no. Oh, no. So there, there are a bunch of photos that they have. And there's like a picture of a dead outlaw named John Santag Sontag or some crap like that. And apparently he was the one who shot down the Thunderbird and the Thunderbird was buried with him. Don't I don't know. Was it like was he did he like have I know, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. The picture that I'm staring at (laughs) Yes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So the picture that like I've seen of him because they literally took a picture of him dead because it was like this whole shootout. Wait, the guy? Yeah. Okay. I'm staring at it. Okay. (laughs) So like he's just laying in dirt with like hay over him. Uh Ain't no Thunderbird in sight. Yet. Exactly. I don't know. Like, it's just like this whole thing. But apparently, so like the way that they described it in like the 1890s and like the whole Thunderbird in Arizona was he was more like pterodactyl looking. But in Native American lore, he's got like feathers and all this stuff. So it's just like, does different, do different regions have different looking Thunderbirds? Like, because I'm in the desert, I'm going to be looking like a pterodactyl versus like a if bird if you're up in the north it's gonna be like a bird like weight like feathers because it's gotta keep warm but they migrate during the cold season to the warm areas so what do they do migrate they, they molt, <laughs> <laughs> they molt. <laughs> i was gonna say schmelt but that's why i didn't say it because i was like i don't remember what the word is it's not schmelt <laughs> oh, Schmelting is totally different yeah, I know. That's why I didn't say it. Metals. So melting. Here is the pi- here is the picture of a thunderbird. Hold on, hold on. That is apparently the picture of what? The, hold up. From hold up. don't hold pull up. it because I got shit plugged into it. That's a ter- that's straight up pterodactyl in the Civil War. What the heck? That's fake as shit. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get it much closer to you. You got to come closer to me. Oh, my upper lip's burning. Nah, that shit ain't real, man. That shit ain't real. They painted... Look at his foot. Look at his foot on the head. There's no shadow, no nothing. I don't know. I'm just showing you a picture. I know, I know. I'm just saying. Bitch is made out of cardboard. Look, I don't know. 
Oh, oh no, man. there's a shadow on it. She's a liar. Look, I don't know. Okay. That's a straight up pterodactyl. Yeah, I know. And that, ah! that's apparently what it looked like in the other picture. And then there's like a thing from Illinois and like they tried getting a picture. It's like in 1970s, a little boy was abducted by a fucking Thunderbird. The Thunderbird picked him up out of his yard. It took him like 30 yards and dropped him. Um, <sighs> I've seen that happen with real birds. Uh, you know, Have you seen those? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. They'll pick, uh, up, the, they'll that, pick up the infants and stuff. Yeah, and that's why they have... It's like, oh, wait. Drop it. I always <laughs> wanted... Like when Taco would actually go out for walks and stuff or when he would like uh, escape the yard, uh-huh. I kind of wanted to get him one of those vests, like the little harness, but it had like the like punk spikes on it because like if birds try to like snatch him up, they w- wouldn't be able to like get him because it would like poke oh, him yeah, and their yeah, talons. Because yeah, yeah. like I see a lot of dogs, like smaller dogs walking around, like their owners are like walking them through the park and they just got like spikes all over them. They're very punk rock. That's funny. Mm-hmm. It, I've never they, seen those It's before. so cute depending mm-hmm. on like who has them, like how they make them and stuff like that. Like it could be like like neon sticks all over and right. stuff like that mm-hmm. it's really cute but yeah so then here's thunderbird protect yourself thunder <laughs> that's a thunderbird on a totem pole yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah thunderbirds and a wampanoag swamp Huck-a-muck. <gasps> Ow, sorry <clears throat> oh, i was trying to hiccup and sneeze at it. but it's okay because last night i had dreams about sharks i'm like oh where did God. this even come from <laughs> like I've been researching I've been researching Thunderbirds. <laughs> shark Week has already passed if you're listening to this right now. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. So today's missing person from Massachusetts is Megan A. Marhone. Marone. She is forty two year old white female. She's five foot six. 120 pounds. She has red or auburn hair and green eyes. She was last seen on March 27th, 2022 at the Red Lion Inn in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Megan's black 2017 Subaru Impreza was found abandoned, unlocked at Long Cope Park. Oh, Jesus. Longcoat Park on Church Street in Lee, Massachusetts. If you have any information regarding Megan's whereabouts or her disappearance, please call 911. Uh, they don't have like just some regular old phone number. And again, it is for Megan A. Marone. She is 42, 5 foot 6, 120 pounds. Red, auburn hair, green eyes from the Stockbridge, Massachusetts area. Or, I guess, Church Street in Lee, Massachusetts. That is it. That is all for today. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you very much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, personally, I'm excited because next week is episode. Well, not next week's. My next episode is going to be crazy. Because... It's like the wrap-up episode. (laughs) Just so you know. Y'all, it's crazy. And we're going. Yeah, you had me going on this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We going. We going. I was was there. Oh, no. Like, we're straight up 
I want to see the 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 Pukwudgie no, signs. No, 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 is no. it the Pukwudgie? I don't know. I just want to see a Thunderbird. That's it. We just go to Pennsylvania for the Thunderbird. Pennsylvania for that one. Okay, then we're going to Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I want to see the Pukwudgie crossing sign, and then I want to like. There's other things because we're about to get into like the other side of things. Because next episode for me is going to be slightly cryptozoology, but then also. There are some other things that go down there that I will be talking about as well. And I'm so excited about. Anyway, so (laughs) what is that thing? So don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at ECC, the podcast. We have our website at eastcoastcreeping.com. And you can email us stories or any missing persons that you want us to feature at East Coast Creepin at gmail.com or if you have any like what are those things called? I don't know. Whatever. Comments, questions, things like that. And don't forget to rate and review on Spotify and Apple. What is that? iPodcast podcasting? I it's called podcast. Apple Podcast? I don't know. Whatever. Rate us. So then we can get out to more people. Things like that. When was the last time we recorded? I feel like it's been like years. My brain is like going flat. Like two weeks ago. Yeah. I don't know. I got to write it on the map. (laughs) Like just write down all of the things. (laughs) Anyway, so we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. Oh, I got to fart. Thanks for listening to East Coast Creepin'. Cover art by Leslie Lozano. Music from Premium Beat. Editing by Larry Bark at Revitalist Recording Studio. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at ECC The Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review. See ya!